Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. In this interview episode, I get the chance to catch up with one of the people I met when I was golfing in Scotland. Now, one afternoon, I walked into the Dunbar Pro Shop. Now, Dunbar is a golf course in East Lothian and a beautiful place that it is. And I was greeted by a smiling but somewhat familiar face. And that familiar face was a young man by the name of Paul Riley. Now, why was he familiar? Having never been to Dunbar, there was no reason why he should be, but he was familiar because if you've watched the Eric Anders Lang unofficial guide to Scotland series, you may have picked Paul as the young golf professional that features in the Dunbar video playing alongside Eric, Christian Hafer and the other guys that were there. Paul was a lovely, lovely young man, very, very funny, loves his football, Maybe he doesn't love the right team, but anyway, well, that's another story. And he welcomed me with open arms down there at Dunbar. He didn't know me from a bar of soap, but by the time I left there with a camera stuck in his face recording this interview, it was like we were best mates and known each other for a long time. Great young man, great talent. And if you've watched the Eric Anders Lane video, you'll know why he is talented. If you haven't watched it, you should, but I'll tell you why he's talented because he's a professional golfer that plays cack-handed. Now, if cack-hand is not a term that's familiar to you, it's when you're a right-handed golfer and you play with your left hand low. So you think about cross-handed putting, well, in a golf sense, if you do that, you're a cack-handed golfer. And Paul absolutely smashes it. So go and check him out on that video. You'll see his game in real life. But listen to his story on this episode, on this interview. Great young man, Paul. I know you'll listen to it. Thanks for your time. It's great keeping in contact with you. I'll get back to Dunbar one day. You'll get to Australia one day. And uh, this is just the start of our journey as golfers together, buddy. Thanks for listening. Tune in. Sign up. Follow the podcast, like, review, share, all of that important stuff that helps this podcast grow and become even more successful. I don't think we're successful yet, but, uh, you know, we're 40-odd episodes in now and we're having a great time and that is the most important thing about this whole podcast and this podcast journey. Thank you to those that listen. Thank you to the feedback that I get. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the Paul Riley interview all the way from Dunbar, Scotland. Welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Ross. Mate, we've taken the opportunity while I'm here in Scotland to play some golf, and the golf has brought us to Dunbar Golf Club. And Dunbar Golf Club is where we find you, one of the golf pros, but not just one of the golf pros. (laughs) When I walked in today, I recognised who Paul was straight away. And if you're a fan of Eric Anders Lang, like as you all know that I am, but I know more and more of you are watching Eric's videos. And if you watched Eric's unofficial guide to Scotland, um, you may notice young Paul. Paul was the star of the Dunbar episode of Eric's Eric's videos. And here he was when I walked in behind the counter and I thought, this is great. This took an opportunity not to talk to the young man who was uh, the star of that video and Rightly so, because uh, he's an interesting young man, so I've learned, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give him the chance to talk right now. So, Paul, this is your chance to tell the world 
what Eric didn't get to tell them, you know, because you, you played a little bit of golf and uh, you're in those videos, but, you know, you left us all hanging, mate. We didn't, we didn't hear the story. We didn't, we the didn't story hear, of why I'm cross-handed. <laughs> we didn't hear the story of your, of your golf. And, yes, if those of you that watched the video and recognise and remember Paul, you will recognise and remember that he is a cross-handed golfer. Cack-handed, as he says in his own Instagram uh, profile. <laughs> the, what do you call yourself? Cack-handed golf pro. That's that. Did I read cack-handed John Daly? Uh, well, f I, that's, <laughs> I didn't call myself that. My colleagues do. <laughs> you look nothing like John Daly, but uh, thankfully. <laughs> mate, let's go. Let's let's take the listeners right back to uh, the start of your journey to become a golf pro because I know that my listeners on the podcast like to hear the stories of how people became interested in golf, especially the golf pros, why, where that sort of foundation came about and then and then how they sort of got to, you know, being the golf pro here at one of East Lothian's finest links golf courses. We'll talk about the golf course in a minute and we'll talk about a couple of other things, but where did it start for you, buddy? Uh, well, my dad is a golf pro, a PGA golf pro, was always, um, and he's coaching and being a club professional. Um, when your dad's a golf pro, then you learn how to play, learn how to play golf from a young age. So, um, so I picked up a golf club when I was about three or four years old, and um, a lot of golf started there. Um, always played a little bit growing up. Was more into football until I was about fifteen or sixteen, and you kind of have to make that decision: golf or football. Mm -hmm. Chose golf, and um, that was it really. Um, Chose golf, played a lot of amateur golf. Um, then went into working full time and decided I wanted to work full time in golf rather than in retail. So that's where it all came into being a golf pro at Dunbar. So was that quite late? Was that late for starting out golf? You know, were you like 14 or 15? Is that right? Well, taking it seriously, I was probably like 15, 16. Yeah, um, yeah that was that's quite late, I suppose. So where did, where did you learn your golf? Uh, a place called Loch Winnock. Um, my dad was golf pro at Lockwinnock Golf Club. Um, I then moved to another club that had better facilities in the area, Kilmacombe Golf Club, um, and they're just outside of Glasgow, um, sort of west side of Glasgow. Um, and yeah, that's where I learned hilly golf courses and uh, hilly parkland golf courses. And nice place to learn how to play. Why do you say that uh, hilly parkland golf courses are a nice place? to learn how to play. The different lies you get, so many hills, up and down hills, small greens, it's, uh, you come to play Lynx courses and these big resort style courses have got huge greens, so it seems seems easy to hit the greens, you know. <laughs> so, were you, did you get to play, you know, what was your junior representative career like? Um, I played just at county level, I never managed to get capped for Scotland or anything like that. Um, I I put myself in a good position to, to do so, but then it comes down to selectors and what have you. So yep. they decided not to select me. But um, yeah, you know, that's, that's so you went. Goes. So you went through like the traineeship model. Um, I had the option to do that. I decided not to. I didn't really enjoy um, enjoy the style of coaching and being cross-handed was a wee bit difficult to go down a conventional route of getting coached, and mm -hmm. uh, I found that really tough and. Uh, so I kind of reverted back to my, my dad who could get my way of playing and um, that was it really. Yeah. So your dad was a PG, or is a, a PGA pro 
Yeah. And you pick up a golf club, and like I see a number of young kids pick up golf clubs, they put left hand low. Yeah. Because you're a right hander. Yeah. And you're yeah. left hand low. It's quite common, yeah. And the first thing that any coach usually does will we'll put the the left hand on the top and the right hand on the yeah, bottom. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't. No. Um, and my, my dad let me go with it. I, I couldn't really hit the ball in the air with um, the conventional way, the, the normal way. Um, and then cr going cross-handed, I could hit it up in the air and I could enjoy it. And I, so my dad wanted me to do is just enjoy golf. And mm -hmm. it's as simple as that. Um, and stuck with it. As I said, I was always more into football when I was younger. So I think he was just like... I'm glad you're playing golf and I'm glad you're enjoying it. So yeah. off you go and then uh, it stuck with me and no going back now. So he didn't push you into the golf route, you know, when you were a young fella? No, never no, did. Your own no, he's yeah. never pushed me and even now to this day, just uh, ask me how it's going. He's pretty laid back and chilled out and uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's not pushy or forced me to play. And Is he still he, a pro? Is he still working? Still a pro. Um, he's actually, he's a sales rep for a company, but um, he does a little bit of coaching still yep. with the golf club he was at uh, financially came under some tough times and they decided that they didn't need a golf pro anymore so um, they kind of mutually agreed that it's time to go and that was that well let's talk about Dunbar mm. it's a pretty special place it's a very special place That's... unfortunately they I've struck it on probably the worst weather day of <laughs> the last three weeks and you know, on a couple of my Instagram posts, you know, I said that the weather has been absolutely fantastic. And even up until sort of, when did I, t I was supposed to tee off? 2.30 or something like yeah. that. Up until about midday, it was absolutely perfect. I played 18 holes at North Berwick this morning and played in short sleeves. I drove half an hour down the road from North Berwick, 20 minutes down the road. And what did we come across? Came across the har. The what? <laughs> the har. How do you spell that? H A A R. H A A R. The har. What is the har? So the har comes off the sea, and it's it's a fog. It's a mist that comes off the sea, and it can get visibility down to about 50 yards in front of you. So there's no chance of playing golf with 50 yards of visibility. But um, yeah, it only happens about seven or eight times a year down in Dunbar, and you manage to pick one of those days. Pick one of the seven days. <laughs> But it's a definite thing, so it's, it's yep. called a har and it's got this name and it comes seven times a year and it came the afternoon that my love of golf rocked into town, ready to tear Dunbar a new one. I don't think that, I don't, I don't think that was ever going to uh, happen. The course record was in trouble. <laughs> yeah, not really. But um, you were kind enough to let me hang around and sit in the golf club here, which was, you know, it's one of those traditional, you know, members style Scottish clubhouses, you know. It, yeah. Can I can I say it's no frills? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, definitely, it's definitely. got everything you need. I was in the locker rooms with a, a group of guys from overseas and uh, they had had a great time. Sat in there, there was a couple of great young girls behind the bar, the clubhouse was full, there's a bit of atmosphere going on. And it's all you need. That's that and it's yeah, it's a nice little vibe, it's a Scottish atmosphere and uh, it's fun to do. I think that's why it's so popular with visitors and tourists alike. But you were saying earlier on that it's a very much a um, a members course still. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll. I don't think they'll ever lose that identity. Um, still very focused on doing what the member wants to do um, and helping them out as much as possible and uh, making a nice atmosphere for the members. So they're still very much the focus, but um, still welcoming of plenty of visitors. Yeah. 
Do you have a handle on how many visitors you get through here? Are you? Um, it's not really my my uh, my line of but per, per yeah. day, you know, like per day. I mean, per day. between April and uh, April and October, you're probably average about average about forty a day. Yeah. Um, so it's a busy place, but some days you can get a hundred odd. Um, some days you get not so many, but yeah, it's a busy, busy place. What do the visitors pay for around here? Depending on what time you play, um, mm, they'll have summertime. Yeah, summertime and and what time of day you play as well. But they'll have average paying about eighty five pounds to a hundred pounds around, okay. depending on when they play. Mm. So the course. What do you know? What's your knowledge of the history of the course like? My knowledge of the history of the course. Um, you've got a few, a few course designers in there. Um, who, who was the first one? First one uh, off the top of my head. I need to go and check that out. But I know four people have worked on it. Um, <laughs> book of information. Pick yourself up a Dunbar course planner because it will say here that the course was first laid out in 1856 and redesigned over the years by the likes of old Tom Morris, Ben Sayers and James Braid. <laughs> a few, few famous names a in there. A few famous names as well. A few famous yeah. uh, names in there, you know. Tom Mor old Tom Morris, Ben Sayers and James Braid. Yeah. I think, I was told this recently off of one of the members, I think it was designed by the members back in the day yeah. when it was first. Yep. Uh, and then I think it's been redesigned four times. So, but um, it's one of those very, very, what I would consider very traditional links courses. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like definitely. Where, where, you know, the design is mother nature more so than anything else, eh? Yeah, and on, the, so on a really narrow piece of land as well, so made the most of what was there. Yeah. So Paul's just said narrow piece of land, and, and the other day when we spoke uh, about Kilspindy and Craigie Law, you know, I was explaining the difference between Craigie Law and Kilspindy, and I, and I said that Craigie Law wasn't that true, true link style course, A, because it's new, it's only 20 years old, yeah. but I said that it was only separated from the water on the tradi true traditional links land by about two fairways. After playing here, I probably over-exaggerated that by about four fairways, because <laughs> This place here is real two fairways. It's you are never more than what feels like a hundred meters, which is probably 110 yards yep. away from the sea. Yeah, yeah. You can see the sea actually from every hole on the golf course. Yeah. And it just felt unbelievable. Like I, it was the har was here. There was a bit of rain, and yep. I walked. I played down to the back, and then sort of walked and played my way back in. And it's spectacular. Really nice, yeah. Some of the views you get out there are, are pretty amazing. I'm, I've been here almost three years and I, I don't get tired of it. It's, uh, I can play it every day. It's one of those golf courses. Do the conditions change much here? Like, you know, do the wind blow different ways depending on the time of the year? Or It, it doesn't really depend on the time of the year too much. Um, yeah, normally you'll get um, sort of westerly winds, um, but um, it, every every day is different almost um once you get to uh once you get to winter time it does get a little bit cold north yeah. winds and what have you but being this close to the ocean do you does do you ever get frozen out or anything like that do you ever... not really not really um well, the course doesn't really close yeah it did close two years ago for a 
bit of a freak snowstorm where it was, it was closed for about five days, but well, that's the first time that's happened in 10 years, so it's very rare for it to, yeah. to ever close or get frozen out. And winter golf here isn't off mats, so you're still playing off the grass? Um, mats sometimes, um, yeah. between between uh, January and March there'll be, there'll be mats in, yeah. in there, yeah. yeah. So, Eric Anders Lang in that video. <laughs> what ha you know, so it's only been downloaded about 47,000 times. <laughs> so 47,000 people, you know, I'll, I'll correct that number if it's wrong, and it might be over, uh, underplaying over, we might have a look if I can. <laughs> um, but there's only about 47,000 people around the world that have watched your yeah. unique, n not only unique because you're cross-handed, but unique swing because yeah, if you're visit envisaging John Daly getting down here, I'm probably <laughs> probably a wee bit fuller. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely unique, that's for sure. Has it always been? Yeah, yeah. Ever since I was young, yeah. I don't really, I, I don't really know what to think about it. You know, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's just the way it is. It's uh, I like being unique, <laughs> mate. If if you read any good golf instruction, it doesn't matter what's happening here. Yeah, it's only what happens exactly that that's impact small. that yeah. that little. Piece at impact there, so no one um, knows that more than you. So when Eric rocks up, what happens? Tell me about that day that uh, you know you get on this video, which shoots you to stardom. <laughs> well, um, with forty-seven thousand people now watching it, <laughs> I didn't know uh, too much about Eric before uh, before meeting him, and then uh, after meeting him, I researched him a little bit. But um, he rocked up with. Um, Christian Hafer and uh, Colt Nedler and uh, a few a few other guys on his team and uh, they were coming to play a few a few different places and chose Dunbar to be one of them and wanted to play with one of the pros and I play a little bit so uh, I'm usually the one that gets nominated to go and play in these things at Dunbar so that was it was good fun and had uh, had a great time out there with the cameras going and I was just being myself and just talking away and little did I know that it was going to go on YouTube and uh, be a, a popular little video so it was good fun it was a lot of fun um, took a took a long time we only played 15 holes and it took six hours but oh, really? <laughs> so there was a lot of members going past but he was, yeah. was uh, on the cameras and shooting shooting the drone up um, quite often so uh, it, it was good fun seeing all that in action and uh, it was a good laugh so oh, it would have been it would have been an awesome experience and and most importantly the the outcome um, for the club was sensational. Uh, it really was. Look, it made Dunbar Golf Club look unbelievable, and uh, glad it was a nice day to see it all its glory, nice mm. clear day. And um, it was funny watching it back and I cringe what? at cringe at times, I laugh at times, but <laughs> it was good fun. <laughs> well, um, I heard the other day that since that happened, um, you know, in relevant relation to Kilspindy, that. Yeah, you know, the amount of people that come and play there they have found Kilspindy as a result of that series has, has made it very, very popular. Yeah. Uh, um, I can only assume that it's done the same here. Have you noticed people walking in, going, we saw it on... Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I'll, yeah. I'll probably get like four or five people a day will come in and say, we know who you are from that video, so... Mate, you need to get your own merch range. <laughs> I do, something to do with the cross-handed. <laughs> you need to get your own merch range. Yeah. Well, you met the right guys that do that, because they're, you know, Christian Hafer and um, 
And Eric could kill you with the merchandise, so maybe. It's not a bad. Uh, maybe. Maybe. maybe we could do that with Yeah, maybe. You never know. Two gingers, you know, <laughs> like what's, what's left. Two gingers. Uh, you're definitely still uh, classed uh, Irish, Irish, Scottish you know, background. <laughs> uh, uh, it was sens a sensational to walk in here and, uh, and you know, realise it was you and be able to have, have the chance to, um, to catch up. Now, the, your other passion. You mentioned that, uh, which is also a passion of mine, and was probably the real reason why we connected when we walked in. Yeah, yeah. Football. Football, absolutely. Probably let's not talk about the national team. <laughs> we can let that slip. Oh, probably, probably on both parts. Now, what about your team? Glasgow Celtic, best team in Scotland. Big passion of mine, I follow them home and away, and um, always have plenty of good times watching them, plenty of good memories, and long may they continue. A lot of fun. So why why Glasgow Celtic? Uh, I grew up in and around that area. Um, a whole family are Celtic fans, um, and that's just passed on down to you. You have yeah. to be a Celtic fan if you're a Riley. <laughs> so do, do you have? Did, did we talk about? Did you have an Irish sort of yeah, family background? Rileys are originally from County Cavan. Uh -huh. um, go back to a great 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 grandfather, um, but. Um, I think it was in the sort of 19, early 1900s that the Rileys moved over to Scotland, so yeah. that's where that originates from. Well, Flanagan is obviously originally Irish, but at least you know where and when it originates from. I've, I've yet to find that out, but uh, I will do that one day. Yeah. So you share something in, in common with uh, the young lady who is my wife, who I refer to on the podcast as Mrs. My Love of Golf. <laughs> who is a mad Celtic fan, as is all of her family. Myself, not. <laughs> Heart of Midlothian, as we discussed. Uh, we so can work on that. That's not funny. That's not funny. We had a win on the weekend. Uh, a big we're, one. We're back. <laughs> and it was a big win. So why was it a big win? Big win, Edinburgh Derby. Both teams struggling at the bottom of the table. Okay, we'll skip past that part. <laughs> so Edinburgh Derby away from home as well. That's a massive result. And, uh, so what does yeah. what does a derby mean to to the locals, to people from Scotland, to you? What does a, a local derby mean? It means everything on that day affects your mood for the week. Um, but it's it's a lot of passion, a wee bit of hatred. <laughs> that's that's what a derby is. And uh, how do you yeah. do? You, do you go to the uh, old firm derbies? Do you go? I do. Yep. Yep. I do. Um, aye, that's that's more hatred than the, yeah. <laughs> than the Edinburgh derby. But um, yeah, it's it means absolutely everything. Can't stand if getting beat. Love winning. Got to celebrate a win. Hide when you get beat. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Now the people in the UK that will listen to this will understand that because you know it's a it's a lifelong sort of way of life. Football yep. and and having this derby or having this rivalry and having this um, home and away type segregation yeah. you know, where the away fans are at one end, home fans are at another end. For us in Australia, you know, at soccer, football, or Aussie Rules football, which is the more popular game, or rugby league, yeah. there's no separation. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a different thing for us to come to. If, you know, for me to go to the Edinburgh derby on Sunday, which was as an away fan, um, which was a, a lifelong, you know, sort of bucket list experience for me, and to sit down the end and to feel that, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. There's only like how, how many does Easter Road hold? Uh, it's 
20,000. Yeah. 20,000. So, you know, my beloved Melbourne City plays in a stadium of about 30,000. But 20,000 felt like 70,000 compared to up there. Yeah. You know, and it was just unbelievable. But there wasn't any bother. Yeah. There was no bother. Yeah. You could feel it when the game's on and but afterwards there was no, no yeah issues. yeah i mean baller usually before in the in the city or after in the city after a few drinks it will just be sporadic things nothing yeah. no organized violence as such but yeah. in the stadium there's definitely a, a an undescribable atmosphere unless you're there and you mm. feel it it's hard to describe to someone else that doesn't get it mm. um but yeah it's something that you've got to take off the bucket list to go and experience that yeah. i did take um, my son who is the football man of the family more so than me yeah. uh, to Celtic Park in February last year okay okay for the hearts match and it was a Wednesday night Tuesday night Tuesday, Tuesday night yeah eight o'clock kickoff end of January early February yeah I don't even remember the game if you might have been there I'm not sure um, Minus two or three degrees. Yeah, sixty thousand people. Yeah, I was there. I was at that game. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember that whole period. It was actually. It was really a cool period. Those. Yeah. Those. Uh, I remember those five, six games in a row at Celtic Park and freezing. But uh, that was. Yeah. Kyle Lafferty scored. I'd, yeah, he did. But. And what did he do after scoring? Because that must have been January. So it was before the end of January window. What does he do after scoring? What did he do? Do you remember what he did? I think he threw up a red hand. He might, might have done something inappropriate like that or something. He left us. He left. I, I do remember that. He left. Actually, I, I. He made himself a hero and then he, then he, then he left. I thought you were talking, talking about his controversial celebration. No, no, no. no, no. We'll, leave that, we'll leave that alone. But um, that was even more. That was. To me, I really realised what such a big club Celtic is and. and you know, to see the fans in full voice. Yeah. You know the guys over there in the, uh, with the in the section where they take all the seats out. Yeah, the ultras, the standing section, the green brigade. Yeah. No, yeah. Green, the green brigade. <laughs> I call them parker monkeys because I wear green parkers and think they're <laughs> Liam Gallagher. <laughs> but um, it was unbelievable, and there was only 200 Hearts fans, and we got gubbed that night. Yeah. Three two, I think it was, but uh, three one, whatever. Three one, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was a great experience and first ever away um, game to Celtic Park. Pot, no pyro, no party, mate. That's it, that's it. No pyro, no party, you're right. <laughs> that's the way it's got to be. Have you, uh, have you indulged in a little bit of pyro, uh, pyro activities at a football match? Once or twice, once or twice. I've got a, uh, once or twice. I've got a good group of mates who enjoy it, so yeah. You don't need to look too far back through your Instagram, mate, to... Um, <laughs> To see, that, to see that you've let a few rippers off in, in your time. Uh, you'll get your club fined for that in Australia if you, uh, if you let off a flare. Well, you do in this country as well, so uh, uh, just don't get caught. That's Hey, The other thing that Celtic has been, for me, uh, known for is having a few Aussies playing for you. Yeah, yeah, a few Aussies over the years. So You're a fan? Big fan, yeah, especially... Well now Tom Rogic is a wee bit of a cult hero at Celtic just because of the amount of goals he scored in the the Celtic Rangers games, the Glasgow Derbies. Um, he's a wee bit of a cult hero and Scott McDonald as well, um, scoring some important goals over the years and uh, he was a great servant for Celtic and uh, yeah, always 
look out for Australia, um, especially when Tom Rogic is playing now. That's... You've got another very good player. Unfortunately, in his first game, he did his knee, but you've got one of yeah. our Melbourne City uh, boys. Daniel Arzani. Daniel Arzani, yeah. and he is a special talent. Yeah. And it was very, very um, heartbreaking to see him go down in those, those early, that early game. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's good. He yeah. really is good. Now, um, do you ever come across many of the footballers that play golf? Do you ever come across any of the boys? Uh, not too many, to be honest. I mean, Scott Brown is a big... Uh, Scott Brown Celtic's captain. Yep. He's, he's right into his golf. Um, the course manager here, Paul Armour, actually grew up with him. Yep. So he's played a wee bit with him down here and over at his club. Mm -hmm. Other than Scott, him... Is he an Archerfield? Scotland. He is actually, yeah, 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 and Royal Burgess is the other club yeah. he plays at in Edinburgh. Scott Brown's in Edinburgh, boy, yeah? He is, yeah, yeah. in Edinburgh. Yeah. Does he still live in Edinburgh? I think he may, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think he, I think he does still live in Edinburgh. Oh, in fact, I know he does still live in Edinburgh, actually, his kids go to school in Edinburgh. I don't want to be controversial, his playing persona would make you think otherwise, but mm. I actually heard he's a decent fella. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's, I've met him once and he was a decent, he was a decent lad and, uh, I know Paul, of course, manager, loves him, and yeah. a lot of people say that when they meet me as a decent fella. Off the park, he's different from on the park. And it's just a I can't, cri yeah, like as much as I, he's given me bother, you know, as a heart supporter watching <laughs> him play and his style of play and whatever. But you yeah. can't, you can't knock him for that because that's his job. And but I've, I have heard um, that he's off the park. He's, he's a decent fella, and if he's a golfer, of course, Scott Brandt, you're a decent fella. <laughs> um, do you think we can recruit you as a Melbourne City fan, mate? Do you think we can sign you up? You Why think? not? Why not? The only problem I've got is playing in, playing in a kind of blue shade. That's obviously Rangers shade, but... Oh, sky blue. Sky blue. Sky blue, yeah. Sky blue. Uh, we call it city blue. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's obviously owned by Manchester yeah, City and Melbourne yeah. City, so... Yeah, I'm sure you could recruit me. I'd, love, I'd actually love to experience football in Australia. That'd be quite cool. Golf and football, we can maybe make that happen. Well, that, well that's easy peasy, mate. Yeah. So, you can come down to Melbourne and... Well, you can play at Commonwealth as much as you want. Now, yeah. Ben Davey, who is a friend of mine, who is the, the um, golf operations manager at Commonwealth. Ben, I'm not sure if you listen to the podcast. I know you, you follow us on Instagram, but uh, you need to look after this young fella and get him down there and look after him with all the Sandbelt golf that we will. He can come down to Peninsula and play and we can get him at Royal Melbourne and we can get him at Metro and Kingsneath and show him a great time. But... We would also get you very well looked after with the Melbourne City boys if you come down. There's a couple of uh, couple of boys in the Melbourne City team who are part of the golf group, and uh, they've let me in behind the behind the curtain of the golf group. And, and Jamo talking about you, Maka talking about you, <laughs> Craig Noon. Uh, Craig Noon's a very very good player. Is he? Is he? Did you ever you follow Craig when he was in the EPL? Uh, I didn't actually. Um, not not too much. I don't really follow too much EPL. Huh? Now, now that you're a Melbourne City fan, yep. follow what Craig Noon is going to do in the A-League this year. Okay. Um, but also a very good golfer. Yeah, I'm a, uh, that's good. Very so good golfer. I'm definitely coming around to being a Melbourne City fan, definitely. He's a very good golfer. <laughs> um, who else? Harrison Delbridge, there's a few guys. But but Jamo, Macca and uh, Noon, they're the, they're the main guys. So, What about Jamo and Macca? How's their golf? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're good. No, you know what? They're, they're good because one thing about uh, the, the boys is that they, as athletes, they can learn a concept very quickly. And I've seen them 
learned something. You know, Jamo comes into my business and has got some lessons and you know, I've played golf with him a couple of times directly after having those lessons and I can see him making a direct correlation between you know, the cause and effect and making a change. And Jamo's very competitive, as they all are, but Jamo, yeah. Jamo wants to get better at his golf. Yeah. So he's putting some time and effort into um, getting better. Now, when Luke Bratton was with the team, you know, A, Luke, ripping guy, but complete shit stirrer. <laughs> and you can imagine the sort of, that sort of nature in a football club yeah. environment. So, you know, they just want to beat each other. Yeah. And want bragging rights. Yeah. So yeah. Jamo wanted to get the bragging right, so he's putting some time and effort into his golf. Macca, I've only played a couple of times with Macca, but he, he likes the game. Um, my issue with Macca is he uses a pink driver. Pink driver? Pink driver. That's controversial. <laughs> no, he, he, got, he got one of those Bubba Watson Bubba drivers. Yeah, pink drivers, and he loves it, that's his thing, and I get that, there's a few, few guys I know that have got them, but um, no, no, he, he, he loves his golf. Probably doesn't put the same, um, effort into it as say Jamo is with his lessons but uh, mate those boys would love to have Dunbar Golf Club's resident cack-handed golf <laughs> pro as a Melbourne City ambassador because the other thing those boys are Scott, Scottish backgrounds like, yeah. like me like you uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you see them over here one day playing golf let's make that happen let's make that happen both ways over Australian, let you guys come over here, that'd be good fun. All right, so this is a golf podcast, but we've digressed into football. <laughs> but from what I know from the listeners, they like to hear the story, the full story, the full background of, uh, you know, what people are all about. Back to the golf for a second. Anything more about the Dunbar Golf Club that you'd want to tell people? Anything more? Anything um, more? I mean... What's your, you stand, what's your standout hole? My standout hole, hole 12, um, it's called The Point, it's about, um, it's about 450 yards 450, there, 450 into 457 the wind yards normally. into the wind? As close as the sea so you can get, sea runs all the way up the right hand side, even around the back of the green, um, and you, second shot you hit in towards the, the flag and you can see the sea behind, it just looks brilliant. Great golf hole, really tough hole. Um, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I think you can. I think you can see why Dunbar is called, referred to as the Pebble Beach of Scotland. Is that true? That's that. Yeah, Pebble Beach of Scotland. Yeah. What about That's the rocks? The, the are the rocks? Do they get covered with water? Is it tidal or? It is tidal. Yeah. Um, very rarely. Um, maybe early morning or late at night for that tide to be in most of the time. Um, so I get, to, I get. That's only two times I really get to play golf at Dunbar before work and after work. So yeah. I get to see that tide coming in quite a lot. But during the day you don't see it too much. So you just need to get the right time. When it's the tide is in, it's beautiful out there. What's the par three coming in? Is it 15? 16. 16. Yeah. I was out there watching and. Uh there's a couple of boys out there playing a match and one pinged it off the rock and <laughs> off it went. <laughs> off, it, off, it, off it went. That's uh, a lot of fun. He wasn't happy. No, I bet, I bet. <laughs> well mate, is there anything anything else that you wanna talk about? You know, this is your podcast, mate. This, this is, is my, my podcast, I like that. <laughs> Do you know much about Australia? I don't actually. Uh, never been. I would love to love to go out there. Um I've got a couple of mates actually who have been doing a bit of travelling and New Zealand and Australia, so I was close to going out there yep. um, at the start of the year, but uh, 
it's too busy financing golf tournaments and what have you. So you still play many tournaments? I, w I would try to. I'm not had the time or money to do that too much uh, in 2019, but in 2020 I'm going to be playing Euro Pro Tour, which is kind yeah. of the third tier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and hopefully go and playing as many as I can. Um, just depends on time and money. I'm going to get the time, but next year is going to really depend on money and yeah. hopefully get a few guys to back me financially and uh, yeah. see where it goes. I'd love love to play full time. So what, what, what's your what's your end game? What's your goal? Going win, going win majors is the end goal. That's yeah. it. Be the first cat candidate man to win a major. That'd be quite nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just keep stepping up the tours and learn more. And the uh, main thing is just enjoy it. That's yeah. really what I want to do. Keep enjoying my golf. Have you ever tried your hand at the Open Qualifiers? I see Dunbar's an Open Qualifier venue. Well, yeah, this year was the first year I actually tried it. For, uh, open Qualifying at Panmure. Oh yeah. Um, first well, stage it was Pan, a Pan Pure is joke uh, refers to it. <laughs> Fan pure, it's, it is pure. <laughs> um, it was a tough, tough day. I must have had a couple of shots, but um, aye, 40 mile an hour winds and rain, that was an oh, interesting day. Um, I, was, I shot five over and uh, it was actually quite a good score in the day, but yeah, right. uh, it's the first day I've walked off a golf course shooting five over and been quite content. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah. Do you listen to any other uh, golf podcasts? What do you, what do you consume? Um, I don't really listen to many podcasts to be honest. I, I watch a lot on YouTube. I mean, Eric Anders Langs. So I've yep. done that. Follow a lot of guys on Instagram. And um, as a yeah. golf as a golf pro, who who else do you follow on on YouTube? Um, as a golf pro on on YouTube, the No Laying Up guys and mm -hmm. um, on Instagram, Sirius Jansen. I quite like his stuff. What he puts out there. And What's his name? Sirius. Cyrus Janssen. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to um, tune me into him. I'm not, yeah. I'm not aware of him. Um, I guess Cyrus PGA on okay. on Instagram. Yep. He's he's uh, he's a, he's good. But yeah, just various little bits. I don't really follow follow anyone religiously apart from Eric Anders Lang. That's, yep. He's pretty much the main man. Because he he launched your career, didn't he? Well, well he helped. <laughs> he he helped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> how do we get? How do the boys and girls and uh, ladies and gents uh, follow you, mate? Where do they find you? Uh, on Instagram, Paul Riley. Um, underscore, eh, no, sorry, Paul Riley MD, um, and Facebook just Paul Riley. So that'd be only two social media platforms. So uh, you, Instagram you, following, Instagram. That's the main one. Do you accept friend requests on on, on Facebook? Is that what you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. If you want Definitely. to, uh, if you want to follow the golfing and footballing exploits <laughs> of Dunbar and potentially Scotland and potentially the UK and maybe even the world's <laughs> best cack-handed golf pro. What was it again? At Paul Riley. P-A-U-L? P-A-U-L R-I-R-E-I-R-E-I-R-E-I-L-L-Y-M-D. That's my Instagram. R-E-I. P-A-U-L, Paul. R-E-I-L-L-Y. Y. Riley. M-D. What's M-D? Uh, <laughs> is that MD actually stands for Mad Dog, which is a drink that I drink when I'm at the football. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's what that stands for. <laughs> it's about as Scottish as it gets. <laughs> that's a little insight into what I do at the football. <laughs> I have a friend in Melbourne, I call him Mad Dog. <laughs> He's a Hearts fan too. He came across here. I introduced him to Heart of Midlothian when I worked with him, Marshall Sayer, you will know who you are if you're listening, you don't listen to the podcast so you won't know, but uh, he's the mad dog, not through a drink, but just by being a mad dog. Yeah. So I love I found another mad dog as well, another 
Scotsman with red hair, who plays golf cack-handed, is a mad footballer, who's now a Melbourne City fan, and is a mad dog. There you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> We've hit the jackpot today, mate. <laughs> Buddy, I think on that note, I've taken up enough of your time. You sure there's nothing else from you? Summed up all pretty well, Ross. Mate, enjoy that. Been, it's been great catching up. <laughs> been a pleasure. Look down the barrel of the camera. Give everyone a, a wave. <laughs> Poor Riley, guys. He's, uh, follow him. Come and see him in Dunbar. Definitely. If, Definitely. You, if you are from Australia and come to this part of the world and you've heard this podcast, come and see Paul. Hit him up on Instagram. Book a tea time. If you're from Commonwealth, you've got reciprocal rights here, which is an absolute treat. And, uh, and come to this part of the world. But can we, can we talk about this part of the world just briefly? I'm, I've sort of almost finished the, con yeah, the yeah. podcast there. But let's go through how many golf courses there are in this part of the world. And this part of the world is East Lothian. If you want to know more about East Lothian golf, go on Instagram and at Scotland Golf Coast. Scotland Golf Coast. And that will loop you into uh, the East Lothian golf um, Instagram account. How many courses are there in East Lothian that, that people can honestly come up and play? Let's start at the top end. Um, so, I mean, you've probably got about 25 courses that you could come and play. Um, that are all good let's fun. Start so, with, I mean, let's start with the small ones. Small the, ones. The, the so people, people should go to, but yeah. probably don't when they come to this part of the world, but they probably should go to. Yeah, I mean, places like Musselburgh, um, Gafford, um, Royal Musselburgh? Royal Musselburgh, yep, yep. Um, I mean, Gullen, Gullen so, 3, a lot of people skip that. Um, so Gullen, Gullen has one, two, and three. Number one, so Gullen number one is pretty much most of that course is where they've had the Scottish Open uh, and for men and ladies in the past. A couple of holes of number two, but number three is overlooked a lot, isn't it? Definitely, definitely not a lot of people play it. Why, why would you play number three? Short, it's quirky, it's a lot of fun. Um, and people associate great golf courses with length these days, but going for years, designed beautifully, a lot of great little holes on it, and it's, it's fun, that's the main thing, that's what golf should be fun. Being smaller and a little bit tighter too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What happens if you hit the ball in the rough in courses around here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better hit another one. You better hit another one. <laughs> I picked up on, a, on something from uh, Twitter the other day, and uh, they were talking about the Melbourne courses with um, Tea tree. Tea tree is a coastal native tree, which if you look at less so Royal Melbourne, but Huntingdale and Victoria, they've all got tea tree. Mm. And someone said it's actually, you know, the worst tree ever introduced to the sandbelt. And it made me think about golf over here because there's no trees. Yeah. But it's just as penal hitting it into that rough. If you can find it, it's it's Basically, basically, it's just out of shot and go out sideways if you found it. Okay, what are the next courses that you can play? Um, so you would go uh, places like Craig Law. Yep, public access, so you members yep. course, but public access. You can pay to play there, got accommodation. We've heard about Craig Law. Yep, Kilspindy. Yep. Kilspindy, definitely. That's a lot of fun. Great little golf course. Um, great views on it. Um, yep. You go, then go Dunbar, North Berwick. Um, the one other one in North Berwick, what's the other one? Uh, the Glen. The Glen? Yeah, yeah. So what's, the, what's the redeeming feature about the Glen? So the Glen's not probably not one that everyone sort of aspires to go towards, but yeah. why would you go to the Glen? Views, the views. The views. You're up on the hill, look out on the sea, it's, uh, it's really nice there. Um, it's, it's the closest course to the Bass Rock. Correct, yeah, yeah correct, correct. Um, yeah, that's, that's a nice place. Um, other places a wee bit higher end would be the Renaissance, 
Muirfield, uh, Archerfield, two courses at Archerfield. Yep. Um, that's all about the experience there and how you're treated. Um, yeah, you've pretty much covered. covered Inland, any Harrington? Harrington, you would go and play Harrington. It'd be quite good fun. And, um, inland courses, I'd say Duddingston's probably the best in the Edinburgh area. Also got Brunsfield, Royal yep. Burgess, um, a lot of really nice inland heartland yep. golf in, in Edinburgh. Yeah, there's about 20 odd courses down here in East Lothian, and you know you really could have. We we're talking earlier a, a, a week long trip just in this area. Yeah, yeah definitely. Leave Ayrshire the next time. Leave the Moray area to the next time. St Andrews and Fife <laughs> area the next time. Come down here and see. Come East Lothian definitely, especially Dunbar. All right, pal. Pleasure. Good job. Nice to meet you. Okay, <laughs> that's it.